clobbering time. No, wait, it's podcast time. Hey. Is that a little too early this time? Slightly. My it's bad. Cape Crisis, the comic book podcast hosted by me, Henry Gilbert. Uh, that's H-E-N-E-R-E-Y-G on Twitter. Exciting times this time, isn't that right? Co-host Christopher Antista. Yeah, it is, Hank. And I... wouldn't you also agree, Brett Elston? Yes. Boy, it's been a little while since Brett was on here. Has it? Has it? Yeah, but I've had we were just talking. Say, we, we felt like it was a week since, or like two no, weeks. No, it feels like two weeks since the last episode because a shitload of shit has happened since last Wednesday. Like mainly garbage, like awful things. Awful like, things. Also, we like traveled. SummerSlam was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Reading about Ferguson every night, less fun. Less like, fun. A lot less fun. But reading so, about uh, Robin Williams doing something awesome that no one knew about. Awesome. And kind of not fun. But only that you found it because everybody's like... Exactly. ...looking up stuff about it. Yes. Uh, but yeah, the, but this isn't going to be the bummer cast the last week's was. Like, this is going to be fun time. You mean the laser time with all Robin Williams? No, like, last week uh, I talked a ton about about Robin Williams also. Mm-hmm. Like, and because I, I wanted to. I expressed that you, you were out of town when we were recording the tribute yeah. show. I was also like, I would have been on that tribute one happily. Sure. Happily. But, uh, it's a sad thing. Anywho, yeah, Brett, what uh, do you want to talk about, Robin Williams? Any? You haven't had a chance to. I'm like, no. <laughs> Just a flat no. No. no there's okay. no connection at all. I have nothing to add. Like, I am curious if you had a movie that he made a movie that you liked because I you hadn't seen Aladdin. What? I've still never seen Aladdin. Still yeah. never seen Aladdin. I was, too, I was too what? cool. I was too cool. Too, yeah, too, too cool. cool. Too cool. 1992. What else were you doing? Three. Listen, listen. It's two. Is it? Two? Yeah, it was two. <laughs> yes. He said, uh, he said confidently. Oh, I'm thinking, th- is three when it came out on video? Maybe that's Probably. Likely. Yeah. It came, probably came out like December, November, 92. Okay. Yeah. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of then. Yeah, nice clamshell case. Yeah. But, um, uh, I don't know. You know, I remember him being in Fern Gully, and I liked that as a little kid. Yeesh. Uh, right. Glad so, we didn't have you on for I'm that. Sure. It's so much better in Aladdin. Like, I didn't say it was better. Like I just I, said I didn't see Aladdin. Like, I, have, I saw Little Mermaid okay. because I was eight, and then I saw Beauty and the Beast because I saw the one before, and my sister was huge into it, so we went to see it. Aladdin, I'm now 12, and I'm like, I don't really care about Disney cartoons anymore. Really? I yeah, love just the, Disney cartoon? You're making a distinction? I'll watch Batman it, the Animated Series. And because that was a cool Animaniacs. show, and Aladdin looked like more like singing animals. Like It just looked dumb to it's me. It's and it's same thing with Lion King. I'm upset all over again. All right, And I'm, same thing with Lion King. Now, as an adult, I have a way better... Uh, but no, like, like modern Jumanji, Dead Poet Society... Never uh, seen it, never seen it. Uh, old Dogs, you've seen. Old Dogs, it's, who boy, what a does, treat. Does not... I said I always said I was conflicted recommending that to, during that yeah, time. Yeah, I mean it, it is. But we difficult. talked about it. even Carolyn said, Carolyn, have you watched a movie that many times? Yeah, as many times as I don't know that I have either. It's it's it gives me an immense amount of joy. Yeah. Uh, too too so much to William's discredit, but it's still fun. Now, it's well, a fun, terrible movie, and he is. But it's just more like how painfully miscast. They're they're both playing the wrong characters. Yes, John Travolta mm-hmm. should be him, and he mm-hmm. should be John. Like they're the it's, exact opposite. It's very strange. But uh, uh, I did love him in Goodwill Hunting. Like ah, know, there you go. All right. and I have a huge soft spot for that movie because it was one of those where like I was sitting at home some mm-hmm. Saturday in high school, like bored out of my mind, probably watching some awful movie on TV, bored mm-hmm. with everything on earth. Because I'm a teenager and a big baby, <laughs> and then like some friend calls and is like, "Hey, we're gonna go see this movie. I don't know if you want to go. Some Goodwill Hunting." And I'm like, "I've never heard of it. Don't care." But yeah, I'll go. And then didn't know anything. Didn't know who was in it. Didn't know that anything about nice. it. Mm-hmm. Walked in, saw this movie. And I was like, 
that was really damn good. Yeah. And Robin Williams always in, when he has a beard, he's being for real. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I also I saw in a group and ended up really liking, and it's super. Patch Adams? No, I did. Mm-hmm. I did see that and whatever. But uh, what dreams may come? Oh, like yeah, it's boy. like it's, it's a weird one. That it's, has to be the hardest one to watch now, right? I don't know, but I haven't watched it in like a decade. But like, it actually, was, no, World's Greatest Dad. It, it no, was, I've watched it. I've watched it two point five times. It's it's great. It's totally great. It's just something about the dad. imagery of what dreams may come and the idea of like. I wonder if that holds up. With his it, death and going, he dies and goes. Yeah, to just that like journey, that. and it's like. Yeah, it's pretty sappy and it's pretty silly and ridiculous. But it it's was also really like sappy, silly, and ridiculous. I also didn't like that Cuba Gidding Jr. was the magical black it's your guy world. in that movie. Yeah, that he's the magical black guy from the like. I know everything. Mm-hmm. It's the I'll help nah, you. I, I didn't get that out of him, but it just I don't know. I like that idea of like two people trying to find each other in the afterlife and then being reincarnated to do it all over again. Like I thought that was sweet, and it's like whatever. It was fine. Yeah, I so I watched October second, nineteen ninety eight. I watched Popeye for the first time in what? full. I, not, for the first time in a long oh. time, like I'd seen it in full as a kid and was bored because I wanted a cartoon mm-hmm. and didn't want uh, what I thought I wanted. No, I How, had a, I'd had that video store with uh, seven VHS rentals, all Betamax, and we only had a VHS player. And Popeye, Robin Hood, and heavy, 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 heavy rotation. But I watched that Popeye mm-hmm. again. I was like, it is astonishing. I think it is the most accurate adaptation that of a has ever been made of a cartoon. Like it is. It is so like you could tell he act he act uh, asked a uh, Shelly not Shelly Duvall mm-hmm. um, he asked the, the woman playing Popeye to just be pop, uh, or to play I am yeah. fucking up everything what's up dog the woman playing olive oil yeah Shelly like, Duvall yeah sorry Shelly Duvall Shelly Duvall you you didn't you a, a Cybermania fame I have lost yes. my mind yes here. of, of fairy tale theater fame Shelley Duvall was so awesome as mm-hmm. Olive Oil like she was directed to be like no act like Olive Oil which is to oh. run in circle oh. like walk back and forth in circles have your legs move in front of no, each it, other in weird angles the movie, like, the movie looks weird and if you didn't understand that it was the most accurate <laughs> adaptation yeah. cartoon adaptation ever it looks really silly but it's and I cannot believe Altman went for it. Everywhere yeah. in it because and because Not he hired and there's also like bad actors in it because they're carnival workers mm-hmm. and circus performers who can do the stunts themselves. Yeah, like yeah, it it's it is fun to watch and also like it's a musical which every most Popeye cartoons are musicals too. Mm-hmm. Like the the classic ones are. I, I was thinking about it. I don't know where the baby who's good at gambling comes from. I feel like that would have been an, a, a like storyline in the in the Sunday comics. I would mm-hmm. bet in the Seeger comics. And it's like the song, like even Who's the from Bluto. where Elston? What is uh, the Pop- creator of Popeye? Where's he? Oh, from? there's a Bluto statue in Christopher, Illinois. Let's see, I do like that Bluto song. Uh, the one he goes, "I mean, now he know what, what I mean." mean. It's, uh, interesting. He needs me. He needs me. I've been. Wa- it was sunny yesterday. I went shopping. Had one grocery bag. You ever go shopping? Just get one grocery bag and feel great about yourself. Like this will last me all week, and I'm not overburdening myself. And I'm just humming. It's a lovely day. Fun piece of Robin Williams trivia. What at? There's a there's a Star Trek episode, uh, Next Generation, named uh, A Matter of Time, which is a really like it's one of those great episodes where like the world is not going to explode, the galaxy is not at at stake, the Borg and the Romulans are not shooting each other. There's nothing crazy going on. Joe Piscopo was not on the not a Joe Piscopo, but it was in that vein where it was supposed to be one of those like 
tons of celebrities love Star Trek. Mm-hmm. They all want to be on the show. And like I've mentioned before, like the, the revolving door of mm-hmm. guest stars they have, like when you see the people that have been on the show that with just the tiniest of bit parts where like mm-hmm. Kelsey Grammer shows up at the height of in between Cheers and Frasier being that huge. And I he's just that. like, he's in, the, he's in a fifth season episode called Cause and Effect for about 45 seconds. And it's just for the fuck of it. Yeah. He's just mm-hmm. like a captain. He has like a completely non like unremarkable role. I just anyway. want to. Yeah. And he doesn't an talk at all like that character. He is Probably. just like, yeah. Uh, what's his nuts from Lost? Locke is in the last season of season I seven. Saw that. Uh, but anyway, there's an episode called "The Matter of Time" where this guy shows up in a ship, and he's from the future, the 27th century, I think, or 25th, whatever. And he's like, "Oh, I've just come back to watch this crazy uh, moment in history." Oh man, I wish I could tell you guys about it. It's really great. It's going to be really cool. It's like I, the I Watcher. I can't tell you about it, but oh man, I'm just here to observe. I'm, I'm, I'm a historian. Wow, to be right here on the Enterprise this is so great. But it's this animated, quirky guy. Yeah. It was supposed to be Robin Williams, oh. who turned down the role because he had just started filming Hook. Oh, and the guy they got to do instead, who was really good, is mm-hmm. Matt Frewer. Oh, fucking Matt Frewer. That's I great. just saw him in something. He's in that new show, The Nick. He kills himself in the oh, first episode. But that's a great episode. It's on Netflix like yeah. everything else. Go watch A Matter of Time. I don't want to spoil what happens, because if you haven't seen it, there's a fun twist about the character. Right. Uh, but it is a great episode, and it's also like... It's just fun because it plays with like the rudimentary time travel 101 where somebody mm-hmm. goes like, well, if we change the past, what if... And then Picard immediately runs in and is like, yeah, I know. What if he grows up to be Hitler? I got it. <laughs> the point is a billion people are going to die if we don't solve this. Like, <laughs> um, but it's cool because they do it in a Star Trek way. He's like, every, every, he's like every idiot knows that it might become the next Hitler mm-hmm. or Genghis Khan or... or, or uh, not Genghis Khan. Ashton or, Kutcher. Uh Khan, I forgot his first yeah. name, but uh, of Sheer, of a, uh, of a, uh, you know, Chris. You're welcome. That's Here. sending my mind in too many places. Uh, Noonien Kong, I forgot what his name is. Sing, Kong, yeah, Benedict. whatever. Sing is in there. Space Seed, Rathacon, that Khan. It's just a nice thing. But like they lump him in with Hitler as like the worst <laughs> people that have ever existed. Why did you, you you looked at me at that joke and the whole internet is making it because Benedict Cumberbatch was cast as Sheer Khan. Oh, I didn't know book. that. I thought it was just a Disney reference. Like, no, he, he was cast. He's, he's now played two cons. Okay, wow. I take uh, back. Spoil it. Why? It doesn't make it funnier. No, it's 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 smarter. It's more clever. <laughs> it's more timely. And yeah. I mean, I like everyone else. I saw Mrs. Doubtfire, and it was great. But I did mm-hmm. like him. Like, he always seemed like a genuinely cool person. Like, I liked he's it. He's from here. He's from here, but like, he just seemed like a guy who genuinely wanted to make people laugh at, at, at any expense and even if he was burning 9,000 calories an hour doing it mm-hmm. like he was trying to get a laugh mm-hmm. I will and miss yeah him. like he could go and like just shit will fall flat constantly but it's like no one's trying that hard Yeah, mm-hmm. like he would just try 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 and that was admirable uh, well on to other news so what has anybody been reading the bible Mm, what's it got? What's the good news, guys? This ending, <laughs> I can't even describe this thing with seven heads. It, really, if you haven't really, read yeah, to the that whole... ending. Revelations is a hard read. I gotta say, like yes. if, if you're if you're if you're reviewing it like it's a novel, you're like <laughs> you had a pretty good you had a pretty good scene with the whole Jesus stuff, and then you just go to like this just confusingly long description of like no here's how the end of the world will happen it just goes all over the place and right? most most people haven't read the bible you know because mm-hmm. you know what how the bible ends mm-hmm. men, yeah. men lying down with men who knew like everybody's wrong mm. everybody's wrong just a lot of men together i've always heard that like it's it's crazy to let's let's get slightly political here the, uh, no. the, the leviticus book is like a fucked up book that like if you live the life that if you lived by all the rules in leviticus 
your life would suck. Like you yes. would, you would have. But the only one people care about is just the man shall lie with another man. It's just like, what about all this stuff that says how you're supposed to sacrifice a goat or how long your well, beard's it's, it's, supposed it's, to? But be? I think like, if any, isn't that whole chapter like a? a, a well, Jesus it, did it it's, all. Anyway. It's how to live in that time. Yeah, the man lying down to another man thing comes from uh, about leprosy. As in, don't put a person with leprosy next to another person with leprosy. And it's, it follows by a passage on menstruation. We are biblical sp- scholars. I'm not. I mean, it's just like one of those things about, you need. But... It's just one of those excuses you want to take away from bad people. The Bible says it. Doesn't matter if it did, but it actually didn't. So you can't say that. Just come out and say you hate gays and we'll have a conversation and maybe we'll... <laughs> Maybe we'll talk. Just I don't blame it on the Bible. I also read. Yes. Uh, <laughs> you open a can of worms there. I also read the Koran. Don't oh, get me Oh, boy. <laughs> and a little thing called the Bill of Rights. <laughs> um, no, I was reading that Infinity Gauntlet Omnibus. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, like, like real talk. Like, it is really good. Yeah. And, like, I... And it's so tired at this point to recommend Infinity Gauntlet anything because I feel like it's the Super Mario Brothers thing where it's like, yeah, you <laughs> should have. Heard of Super Mario if Brothers? You're, yeah. And if you've been avoiding it this long, like, what is anybody going to say to convince you? Yeah, it's just it's just weird to me because I'm like, it is how I was introduced to the Marvel Universe, like, in a literal sense. Like, mm. the wider cast, the, the universe. idea of a universe. The idea of a shared universe. And I knew I knew more about Thanos than I did Punisher or Daredevil or any of these characters because like that's where like I just happened to like get in that curve right when Infinity Gauntlet was kicking off but reading that omnibus it what was really, the year? it's 91? Hmm. yeah 91 91, 92 which goes back to that episode with Laser Time where we went like what were the best years of your life like mm-hmm. the, back in the day it's like yeah 91 man yep Star Trek's at a high Super Nintendo's coming out the best comic books are blowing up uh, so you say it was totally worth the ninety bucks buying it through really the good. Amazon so like, link on LaserTimePodcast.com, or you can send us a check for like four dollars. That's fine, and buy wherever you feel like. Yeah, that's also fine. But no, the thing I loved reading it was like it was it, and I may have touched on this before, but it really is like such a great slow burn where it's like there's all this build up. The event doesn't just start in the number one, mm. um, and it was it was it was. Marvel Universe wide, and I and I don't mean that in the same way. We're like, here's the House of M tie-in, and here's the Civil War tie-ins. Civil War is probably pretty close. Yeah, where it was this thing where they were percolate, like things were percolating for a long time until a thing actually happened. That's probably the best modern example because yeah. World War Hulk it does in a sense that there was Planet Hulk going on, but like it wasn't feeding this thing, and like this this very long quest for Thanos to get these gems, mm-hmm. and then even when he did like. There's this like months long period in this omnibus because when you're looking at when the the all these tie in issues are happening, there's this months long dread across all these series where they're all like, ah shit, <laughs> and like knowing that he's out there and has just done this, and it's like this is number one goes on sale next month, and the whole Silver Surfer comic is him like frantically trying to stop Thanos and just being swatted away like mm-hmm. nothing. And then it goes to Doctor Strange, and then it goes to Quasar, and then it goes to all these people, and they're like, they're all finding out through different channels, and then Infinity Gauntlet is how you win the issue, the series itself, is the action they finally take. But reading all this other stuff, it gives me all these other little vignettes with Thanos I never got to read because I wasn't reading Quasar, because who Mm -hmm. cares? Who would have? Yeah, the idea that that got to like 30 or 40-something issues is just bonkers. A different time. Yeah. A different time. But like... All these little moments of like even a cloak and dagger where they're fighting Mephisto and he's like, wait, I'm needed like and he's like Mephisto operates on multiple planes of existence. I'm needed elsewhere and he disappears and the next page is just 
you summon me Thanos, and it's Thanos just like rearranging a planet to look like him. Oh, wow. And he's just like, I haven't figured out what I'm going to do now that I have all this power. And then he just blows up this planet and then walks away, and he's like, never mind, leave. And it's just this really weird, quiet moment of like, hmm. that's really cool. And then again, seeing this all play out in a in the issues itself is like, this is a rare moment where they set something up and they completely executed it. It's not like Age of Ultron where they fake you out. We're like, no, this was four issues of, I think, Ultron 1 and then six issues of alternate timeline with Ant-Man. It's like, a lot of unreprinted stuff, too. Yeah, that, too. It's also hard to find a lot of that stuff. Um, yeah, but then all, reading yeah. that, so Infinity Revelation came out. Yeah, I still haven't really read it yet. So I read it all the way through, read it pretty fast, and then I picked through certain pages again. And it, it just tuned me into this thing that I'm trying to pinpoint what's irritating you about Marvel right now in the comics where, like, it seems like either it's, like, multiple authors are trying to make the same point or there is some bigger point they're trying to hint at without mm. actually moving towards it, which is Infinity Revelation Thanos begins with this premise of, like, doesn't something just feel off? And I still don't truly understand what the resolution of this comic was because I think I might know what it is, but it just seems like... This really isn't what you build it to. Like, mm. you were really playing upon people's expectation that this was going to be something big... more, and it really was just another, like, Infinity War style, like, Warlock and Thanos run around the universe and well, are well, smarter than everyone. So that's, I mean, it's it's the return of Jim Starlin. Like, and, yeah. and, and Starlin, I still believe, like, he gets Thanos better than any other writer. He is his character, and I think he, he does. But yeah. I, he also has the problem of just, like, they're his guys, yeah. and so him and Warlock. So and, what I, yeah. so yeah, so what I think what, this doesn't spoil the journey to there, but what I think the result is, and I, I don't even have to spoil anything really by just saying like, I think what he was getting at is like, there's a thing where he's like, hasn't Thanos been pretty tame the last like ten years? Yeah, like, like Annihilation, he was kind of in the back burner. There's that weird story where he goes to fight Earth. I'm sorry, this is new. Yeah, okay, just came out. There's that story where he goes to Earth to take it over in like right mm. after the Avengers movie came out and it was they started the new Avengers Assemble comic or whatever and there's just this weird like four part story with Thanos coming to Earth yeah and it's just like why would he why would you like he wouldn't be that brave why I, would you throw this character at this ridiculous story mm. like he would not do this well because I and well, then and then even in Infinity it was like this is a lot of to do about like you killing your son like this is just. It doesn't seem like it's not the tactical genius. Yeah, you it is not the way Thanos. Starlin would write him. So, this comic, this graphic novel, I think is getting at this point where like he realizes that, and by the end of it, stuff happens. But what the outcome is, it really suggests that he's back to his. Because when you read Infinity Gauntlet, he is a he is a maniac. Mm -hmm. Like he is. He, like, revels in dealing out death, killing people, torturing people. Just that happy grin. Yeah. Like, I love that he, grin. And he has such a presence on every page. And the way Starlin writes him there is, like, even when Starlin was writing the Thanos ongoing in, like, the mid-2000s, mm -hmm. it was this other weird, like, good Thanos that was trying to atone for his sins. And yeah. it's like... Well, it took him to an interesting place, at least. It like, did. a different and place. And it was so the only way you can get an ongoing is if you go good. Uh, it's hard to be a bad guy, or or at least someone worse than you mm -hmm. is your yeah, enemy. Yeah, but so, so I'm hoping that's what the resolution was to this story. Mm -hmm. Is like he figured out what was wrong with him, 
he is now back to his like. So the next time we see him, it's probably going to be a big deal. I do think that's funny that Starlin he did this ten ten ish years ago too, where he just he leave he doesn't write a Thanos story for a while, and then when he comes back to write Thanos, one of his first things is like Thanos almost talking to the reader like look i know i was written the wrong way before yeah. <laughs> yep. here's the retconned excuse for that i'm still cool because like yeah. even marvel the end and the infinity abyss like they're just weird stories yeah they get weird well that was the in about uh, over 10 years ago i think it was like starlin wrote a story where after starlin left like thanos was getting uh, beaten by pretty much everybody like he got beat by kazar even Good and God. and so the point of it was that uh, Starlin then created this pretty smart excuse that Thanos made all these basically Doom bots, but yeah. better that were independently acting Thanoses, but so they clearly weren't as good as him. And it, like yeah. uh, he said, a particularly weak one had fought Kazar, oh, and yeah. he said like I'll let people think I'm this beatable because then they'll underestimate me from now on. Yeah. It was just a cool yeah yeah. So, but the larger thing was like so Thanos is operating under this assumption like something's wrong with the universe right mm-hmm. and then it gets resolved in its own weird way but then in the ongoing new Avengers which is the Illuminati fighting against this constant world shattering event that has been going on for over a year and a half now mm-hmm. where every issue is reality trying to destroy every every plane of existence right yeah and it's them pushing back at that and it's like eventually one of these other races that we've never heard of or mentioned is going to be even stronger than the other one. And when they come to destroy Earth, we'll never be able to stop. And it's just building and building and building. But there's this ongoing idea of, like, the multiverse is threatened or something is wrong in the universe, which is what was happening in Infinity mm-hmm. uh, Revelation. They're building and, this up pretty crazy, and then, it seems then, like. Uh, fucking uh, Age of Ultron ends with... Time you've messed broken. with time. Mm. You've messed with it too much. You've broken it. Angela's here. We don't know why. That's just... I've been reading Guardians, but like I don't know if that ever went somewhere. She's Thor's uh, sister. What? That's that. Uh, that was revealed early in uh, in uh, the Secrets one. Oh, uh, was it in uh, Original Sin? I yeah. See. There, well, there's also was an awesome scene in uh, Original Sin Seven that sets up Thor losing his hammer. Oh, just yeah. he's fighting. Uh, Nick Fury is making his last stand, oh, and everybody's trying that? to get him. And then oh, Thor. Huh? Well, I haven't read it yet. I, I need to get back, and I'm way behind on original. All scene. right, this is a cool scene. Yeah, it's original yeah, scene yeah. seven. But yeah, so but but then that was also this other point of like something's wrong with the universe, something's wrong. Like, and then like original sin brings it up. There's like several series and stories talking about like there's this cosmic imbalance going on, and it's like, is this intentional? Because it's been dragging on for ye- over I, a year. No, I. I'm worried. This is, again, a thing of, like, those are both giant overarching reasons that could then go, like, well, then we need to do a reboot. That's what I'm wondering. The universe has gone sour. Hmm. We have to reboot. I was like, oh, please don't. Please. It's it's like if they're not hinting at something larger larger than Earth itself, Mm. most books are not not getting tired of comics, but it seems like just we're questioning the nature of do we need superheroes and or, in Marvel anyway, is a big world cataclysmic event and or yeah. inner conflict between well it's either it's between either good inner guys. conflict between good guys or the end of the world but that's what i'm saying but that when you say like it could be leading to a reboot it's like yeah there's a lot of conf- there's a lot of high end conflict mm-hmm. yeah cuz even like oh we're going to reboot the universe it's like 
Thanos himself has done that like three freaking times. Mm-hmm. Like getting the heart of the universe, he re- he rebooted the universe and then it came back exactly as it was. And it's yeah. like, so if they did do this, like if this is all building to like Thanos has been reborn as this, like he's back to his old ways, he's power hungry, mm. he's going to find a way to actually kill the universe, kill the multiverse, kill everything. It's like, that's pretty cool. And it makes sense for whatever his upcoming role is in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Right. And you ha- and you know they're going to have to have something yeah. going on. Oh, yeah. So, well, But even that's like six years from now. So Yeah, I guess Thanos will have to appear in Avengers Ultron at some point. Nah, he really is just going to build for like two years. It'll be Guardians. It's, it's six like, years, yeah. He'll be in Guardians to set up for Avengers 3. Or Ant-Man. Filming yeah. in San Francisco. I just, I just, I just yeah. saw that, and it's like, what do I have to do to be an extra? Yeah, I have yeah. all the time in the universe He's to appear in the background. And watch this. <gasps> I, I'm, not, I'm not famous enough to be able to like hassle right. ca- hassle him at an Apple store. What happened to Captain America? <laughs> Uh, oh no. yeah, that was uh, who was that guy? DC Pearson. DC Pearson. Uh, yeah. Yes, not that big, but I can definitely like gasp and point. I'm really mm. good at that. Well, you should have befriended Peyton Reed I know. 17 years ago. I know. That's why. Like, I can't wait to see all the UCB, uh, uh, the Upright Citizens Brigade guys in different uh, cameos. In there, at least Matt Walsh would be. In, I bet you. Um, you know uh, the comics I read. Uh, number one, I got caught up on the most recent, to the most recent issue of Saga. Like, mm. there's been three issues since the last collection, 19, 20, and 21. Uh, or maybe it was just 19 and 20. Yeah, it's been a while for me. But they were really good. Like, they were great. I was like, boy, I missed this. Mm. And it is like, the first three collections are Act 1, of mm-hmm. how many acts it's going to be. And now Act 2 is starting, and it's like, mm. it's uh, there's some really interesting stuff going on, especially that that they're doing... How they write it, you know, how the, he's the the daughter in the future is mm-hmm. commenting on what's happening. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, I'm going to spoil this thing for you. And so she had some cool revelations she drops in there, too. Mm. Though then I had a good time with um, Spider-Man. Yeah, no, Spider-Man again. But, like, seriously, uh, the Superior Spider-Man 32 that just came out, which yeah, is, like, time, uh, it's Superior in 2099 is really cool and it sets up for Spider-Verse in a really interesting way like I, I really liked it are you still reading Amazing on a regular basis I didn't read past one I think. so Amazing mm. number five was really good because and it had like I can't believe it got me that I had like a total kids reaction of just like how's Spidey gonna get out of this one <laughs> oh I when's the next issue and it was just a cool exchange where like so they've introduced Silk the uh the woman who was also bitten by the radioactive spider that bit Peter, and she's seemingly not as strong as him, but has like double fast spider sense and spider speed, mm. and extra control of webbing. And so she's cool. And then I think, I think did you see the cover cool. of uh, Spider Woman number one? You mean her? Her spread ass barrier, yeah. yeah, like it was made, it, like it was drawn specifically you drew over porn. Like someone drew. It over was porn. drawn specifically for me slash the rest of the internet to complain about. So <laughs> I, I'm to- like I I can't I can't front mm-hmm. like yeah I'm, she's she's my comic she's crush sexy yes she's my comic crush it's she's always been drawn like that please believe me i have screen caps to pr- prove it just like the specificness of like her ass is like spread the open. only like, color on so her weird. suit are meant to emphasize a boob window and show where her vagina is there's literally a triangle on her crotch yes. that is that is in the guidebook these are true things about about spider woman like and yeah, that's but, why it's too sexy so, i can part uh, with I, it because i have porn 
I'm not the biggest fan of that cover. But anyway, uh, the no, in the Amazing Spider-Man 5, there was a cool scene where uh, they've been setting it up for so long that I was wondering when they were finally going to do it, where, like, Black Cat says, oh, Spider-Man, you know, Spider-Man revealed your secret identity, Hobgoblin. He revealed your secret identity, Mr. Negative, and mine, too. And so she hadn't said what her plan was, and now in the end of, of issue 5... She is threatening to, like, she's seemingly going to unmask him on TV, like, in front of a camera and in front of J. Jonah Jameson. And I'm like, and it's, it, that's how I had a kitty, a child reaction, because, like, if I was 12 reading that, I'd be like, how's Spider-Man going to get out of this? Oh, man. Now, me as an adult would say, they will not unmask Spider-Man, because that would be a major event that would then have giant ripples over every book, mm. and... They just wouldn't get away with it. They and already so. did this nine years ago. Oh, it's Civil War? And got painted into a corner and had to reboot, reboot. Spider-Man. So, yeah, you know it's not going to happen, but uh, but it's exciting. And it's also, though it also sucks that, like, normally Amazing is going to be is a bi-weekly book. Mm-hmm. But they're in this thing where it's being, like, it's a monthly book in every other. And the second week uh, issue is, like, this miniseries called Learning to Crawl, which is, like, an origin story for Spider-Man. A re reorigin, but anyway, it was a, it was a fun book. I really liked it, and I'm really interested to see like where this cliffhanger is going to go, like how they get out of this one. The, the Superior Thirty Two or the Amazing Five? Amazing Five. Okay, and also Spider Verse. I am excited for Spider Verse. I am. I just cannot justify the amount of money it would take to keep up with that and talk about it in the show. The that first sucks. the in Thirty Two set uh, sinister, uh, sorry Superior Spider Man sets up for Thirty. Uh, Nerdy 2 sets up for Spider-Verse in a really interesting way because mm-hmm. he just goes to all these alternate universes and sees all these Spider-Men mm-hmm. who have been killed. Mm. And the first Spider-Man I f- he finds, I believe, is the one who joined the Fantastic Four in the first issue of What If, who I do believe oh, is, is the first alternate universe Spider-Man. <laughs> I stole that from exist. the library. It was a classic one yeah. where he's got the number five on his, yeah. in, in, on his chest. Yeah. And cool. So that was a fun book. And then lastly... This is one to look for on, uh, really, on Comixology. It's the only place you can read it. But it's this five-issue cross uh, storyline that Brubaker, Ed Brubaker wrote in Detective called uh, The Charlatan Story, which is a really cool, like, murder mystery where he's facing, like, Brubaker does a great job of introducing a new villain who then nobody did anything with, which sucks. But you say, do you mean Detective Comics or just... In Detective Comics, yeah. It was a Batman story Mm. where he sets out to create a new rogue for Batman and it's the it is a rogue who was created by the rogues like and it's really cool because it's this the the plot is that this guy is trying to murder the rogues and it's because they hired this guy to be their two-face in a in a bad guy team up and then they just torture him to seemingly to death and now he's back for revenge against that remind me to play you something Batman in the next segment it's really cool. All right. But, I did uh, finally get around to reading one of the free comic book day things whoa. that I forgot that I had was this Batman Beyond, like, mm. end of the future comic oh, or something. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But it was like... Oh, yeah. But, like, god damn. Like, mm. open it up and it's like... If I was a little kid, I would have picked this up. Mm. It just reminded me of picking up the Street Fighter comic from Malibu Comics in like the early '90s, and where, oh. where Ken is scalped in the second issue violently on on panel, and oh, then yeah. like this is a DC comic where it's like, oh, Batman Beyond, yeah, cartoon, yeah, that's cool, and it's, it's great, right? In between Pokemon and right, the it's Elmira cool, Showdown. and it's like here's this like super detailed, realistic art 
of this alternate future where like robots have taken over or something and like oh black canary's head has been severed and put on this guy's chest and oh, yeah i read flash is like melted and then uh, superman is deatomizing everyone and it's just like yeah, this is uh, impossible to recommend to literally anyone. I like how. It's okay. I have one. You it's wanna... it's a great shock thing, but it is also like this is where you're giving away a free comic book day. Yeah, like, <laughs> you know what? Actually, that like, is very I, and, weird. And it's not me like going, "Oh, think of the kids." I'm like, "No, I'm thinking of myself. I'm being selfish and thinking mm. of myself as a kid when I would read shit like that and be like." But I like Batman. Like, why does Batman get his fucking arm cut off in this issue? Like, <laughs> yeah, it's so it, mean. Like, it is. Yeah, that I. It, I don't know how that pulls in. And like, that readers, doesn't mean so. make a cartoon. Everyone smiles and is happy. It just means like. No, you can gradually get to stuff you, like that. Can you fucking write a Batman? Like, because even thinking of the Batman stuff that I've been reading that I actually did like, like Court of Owls, or whatever it was called, mm-hmm. that was yeah. good, and it it was violent without being like mean. Yeah, like I, I would, you could give that to a ten-year-old and be like, "This is good Batman." And but then the next thing with Joker, the Death of the Family, is probably too far. I really did like the 2008, uh, I think it was Spider-Man Free Comic Book Day because it came out the same day as Spider-Man Three. Hmm. That one was just like it 2007, was, but whatever. Uh, through that, okay, fine. But but May third, two thousand seven, yeah. like it came out and. And it's just a fun, like, one-off adventure for Spider-Man of just, like, he's chasing this dude yeah, through town. I like good. this car this uh, car thief. Yeah. It was <laughs> a really just fun book. Like, every other, every other artistic medium, mainstream, you know what I'm talking about, has a way to give out a demo for their product. And Free Comic Book Day has become a way for them to annualize the way they give out their demos. Mm-hmm. Well, they Here, do give away... Well, Comixology does help them with just, like, we're giving away lots of stuff. Ba- like, like yeah. still barely, though. There are not a lot of free first issues on Marvel's end. Oh, no. And no, no. even at, at most, you can open for 99 cents. Yeah, Image does. They're, they're a little... Sm- uh, I don't want to say I mean, I picked, up, I picked up... I was house-sitting, and I picked up one of those Image comics. Like, here's the first seven pages of a bunch of stuff we have coming out that we just mm-hmm. give out for free, and I just, like... I'm gonna leave this in this house just in case oh, they might nice. find something to like. Did you uh, did you download any of those Archie comics I was telling you about on the Archie app? No, I did. I, well, comics. I was trying to find that. I was trying to find that Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle crossover, which apparently yeah. is totally lost to time. Now it's out of print. Like they don't have TMNT I mean, anymore. It's, it's just way out of print. I figured. I still have a lot of those issues. I figured. So, well, there was the crossover one, right? And we were just trying. It was just for the header art, and we were trying to find mm-hmm. it. And you. Figure the internet would have done its due diligence yeah. and had a high res scan, and there, no, it does not exist. The thing yeah. you see up there that's kind of flawed is something Hank and I had to put together, <laughs> assuming the internet had done the work for us. I did read a lot of that Archie Ninja Turtles. I, I, I kept made it. it sound pretty cool. I found out it, it was produced like it wasn't Archie hires even like mm-hmm. Archie published it for him, but it was produced out of Eastman and Laird's studio. Mm. Like they picked the art and writer. Team. Speaking of which, Eastman and Laird had an interview on NPR this week. That was really you know, your NPR, man. I know. Well, it's only because I keep listening, and like every time, I'm like this is the time they'll let me down. But it's like there's always some random topic on today. It was all about the Simpsons, and then yesterday, like last week or last Thursday or yeah, Friday, yeah. it was Eastman and Laird's first paired interview in like many many years. Wow! And it was them talking about like setting up Mirage Studios, aka their house. And just, I don't know, it was really interesting. Yeah, it's probably crazy. out there somewhere, but it, it was recent, and it was, it was interesting. I, I didn't read anything yeah. at all, okay. but what I am interested in reading and to keep reading about that I wanted to ask you if you knew more about was uh, Multiversity. It, I haven't read the first issue, but it is something Grant Morrison has been talking about doing for, mm-hmm. I think, five years or something. Yeah. Like, that it is... 
Uh, it sounds a bit like Seven Soldiers of Victory, which I talked up to Tim Turi mm-hmm. last week, which was just like him. Multiversity takes what Graham Morrison loves this concept for the DC universe. He he loves the multiple universes yeah. of DC universe. Like it was I, a big I, loved, I just looked Crisis. it up on Comicsology, the description of the first issue, and it has the greatest opening sentence. President Superman of Earth-23 <laughs> uncovers a threat to all of reality. Reality and capitalization, yeah, leading me to believe it's not the real reality. So like so like Seven Soldiers of Victory, they work, I, I believe the plan is that it's just, he wrote a bunch of one-off issues that are like, this could be the first issue of a comic that somebody could continue after me. These are mm-hmm. comics I want to see exist, and I'll write the first issue with a top-of-the-line art team, and then you guys can just, you know, go from there. I've heard some nice things about it. Um, there's a nice little sale in Comicsology right now. Just curious. Just no, curious. I I, I have, I'm not only behind in my comics, but I'm way behind in my DC comics. Well, Morrison's been working. He literally has been working on it for like uh, half a decade mm. almost. Like he's been talking about it for a long time. We should take a break. When we come back, uh, some news about characters. Uh, your answers to last week's question of the week. And uh, you know what? I think I will throw in a superhero spotlight. We'll be right back. Everybody, welcome to the break of Cape Price. This is the Laser Time Podcast comic book show. I appreciate all you listeners oh so very much. And if you'd like to give us some support other than listening, there's so many things you can do. Go to lasertimepodcast.com and you'll see a PayPal button. Click on that PayPal button and you can uh, tip us whatever you want. Just, you know, a little bit of money goes a long way in helping uh, the gears keep on turning at the Laser Time Factory. Also, there's a uh, t-shirt store right below the PayPal button, and on the right side of the screen, there's a bunch of links to Amazon. You don't have to buy what we're selling there on Amazon. Just click on that link, buy anything through that tab, and the money will come our way. Also, if you're listening to this on iTunes, be sure to review us and subscribe. It really does help placement and discoverability of this you know that buzzword i want that buzzword come on guys and now it's time for the hands corner pick of the week spider-man guys uh only spider-man now i did get a new collection so you know we uh one of brett's perhaps brett's favorite character uh or design ever of spider-man is symbiote suit and they have the new Alien Costume Collection that just came out. That They've had collections before of Alien Suit Spider-Man. But this one is not only every issue of Amazing where he wore the Alien Costume, but every comic Spider-Man appeared in in that eight-month span when he first wore the Alien Costume. Marvel Team-Up, Spectacular... Like uh, at a guest appearance in Avengers, like it's it's a. What the fuck have you not told me about this? Well, I just got it. I just got it. That it exists. Why well, for? I pre-ordered it and forgot. But I just got it now. So yeah, definitely worth checking out. You'll see a link to it on this week's episode. And now back to the rest of the show. Avengers assemble. Hey, and we're back. Hello for the 
part two of this <laughs> this week's episode 104. Wow. 104. It is 104. Yeah. Um, I wanted to show you something I found. Okay. Because I did not know that um, Batman was on Sesame Street. I ever, didn't know this either. Um, ever. And it's like I could send you this clip. If I sent someone this clip, they'd be baffled by it. It's the Filmation Voices. I think it's Casey Whoa. Kasem. Casey Kasem, yeah. Yeah, Casey one. Kasem is Robin. But, like, it's just so bizarre. If you, if, if you stumble upon this clip and didn't know it was Sesame Street... Gee, Batman, if we could only get that guy without having to go through the guard. I believe this will assist us in apprehending that arch-criminal Robin. That's the Batman I'll tie this rope around the bat boomerang, like this. Size of rope and up in the air it goes, and through that open window. <laughs> Holy vocabulary, Batman, you got him! Understanding the meaning of up... Through and around always leads us in the right direction, Robin. <laughs> how really? Is, how is that a lesson? That's how you t- like that. Top through and around, nincompoop. <laughs> that teaches. Boy, that I thought uh, I thought they were going to meet like a puppet or something. Yeah, so, it didn't do anything. So yeah, if you saw that, you'd be like, man, the filmation show is terrible. But yeah, actually, like, kids a lesson. I would say the posing on that was better than most of the filmation. I, stuff. It seemed to have more movement. Uh, man, uh, that Ant-Man image is pretty cool, huh? Speaking about the news. It was. I didn't, I made the prototype joke on our Twitter just mm-hmm. because. He's walking around in a hoodie. It's true. Yeah, it's just that like, you know, Paul Rudd, can he really be a moody scientist? He's like 40 something. I, I was just a little confused. Eh, well, and mean, I really like, didn't know what was said here. Age is nothing but a number with these characters. Like, Taru. you know, Robert Downey Jr. is just like, he's, he's old. Taru. But, Nobody's like taking. I, that just, in. I was taken a little off guard by the moody, uh, edgy, Ed Hardy Ant Man. Yeah, and uh, I, yeah, I was. I thought he'd be more fun and happy. Like mm. I thought that was like why they hire a Paul Rudd to play that character. Well, he silly. is next to Golden Gate Bridge, which is probably really cold. Mm-hmm. True. So you true. wear a hoodie, in and this you shot. can't get in the water either. Lot of lot of. I hope, I hope he saves a jumper. I'm hoping that happens. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't know it was said here. Was Hank Pym said? No, no. There's very few e- West Coast superheroes in the Marvel universe at all. But I think they're just doing it to shake things up, like they to make Manhattan more special. Like to have well, cool. I guess in the movies, at least in three, like Iron Man totally had. It was like Malibu, like right? Wasn't that where? Yeah. It, he he had a palatial mansion, like in Malibu. But you know, also in the news is that like Dwayne Johnson. Like apparently Just it's up in the air whether he's it, whether the Rock is going to be Shazam or Black Adam. Like they haven't made up their minds. I'm like, I can't tell the difference most of the time. I think it'd be it'd be interesting for him to be either. I do mm-hmm. think, but um, I mean, I don't know. I'd rather he be a villain because I kind of liked him as the bad guy in Doom. Like the mm-hmm. Doom movie's not bad. Like this, okay, Said yeah, no is, one ever. Is, I, okay, it is bad, but it's not that bad. This is for the Justice movie. Um, well, Justice I think he would eventually, universe. yeah, for the universe. But for first, for the Shazam film that would precede it, he would either be what? <laughs> oh, remember that yeah. was that was the second in line, wasn't it? The second film uh, in line? on that on that rumored list from Nikki Fink. Mm-hmm. Yes, that was. I mean, yeah, I can't. Compl- I mean, obviously, can't complain because it's a big character, so they got to try. But it's like mm. he has a lot of name recognition. Like but everybody knows. Shazam. What's your reservation? I don't. Do you not care about Shazam? I really don't. Uh, but I don't. I don't know. I 
Marvel's shown that it can work. Like, you just take characters that were, like, known within nerd culture, but then, like, Iron Man was not a household name, and they mm-hmm. made him that, so it's like... It's about execution. It is about execution. It's just, I wouldn't have... I wouldn't have pictured that because it's like when when you're in a movie when he becomes Shazam, how do you differentiate him from Superman? Uh, that he he'll be goofier. Well, like he should be the happy guy. Like if if Shazam is as morose as fucking Henry Cavill is, then right. like then they really they've just ruined it. Like because I know they're no... not the same character by any means, but it's like power just, wise they are. Just yes. thinking, yeah, power set and then like Flash will bring something different. Wonder Woman will bring something different. Batman and Superman are very different. Like with Shazam, it's like you have this kid dynamic, I guess. Yeah, it's it, he is Shazam is a boy. Like Captain mm. Marvel is a kid named Billy Baston. Baston. How long is that? Who? Not I haven't. I've Since never the seen the beginning. Like, yeah, but the, I've not even seen that with Shazam. You know, in a years. quick superhero spotlight on this. Yeah, they start as the character. Ca- Fine. What's oh, here? <laughs> Captain Marvel first appeared, I believe, and it was either Fun Comics or Wiz Comics. But uh, you made that up. That he's a character. Bill, he's a a young uh, orphan boy named Billy Batson who is picked for his pure heart by uh, Shazam, the uh, wizard, and gifted with all these powers. The oh boy, the uh, the strength of Hercules. The speed of Achilles. Uh, uh, yeah. No, the speed of uh, the look it up. speed of Mercury. <laughs> Wait, all right, you look it up, but test it. me against this once you have it up. But anyway, Shazam gives gives him all his powers to become Captain Marvel, and so he becomes Captain Marvel. But he has cartoony adventures, like he fights he fights like a tiger people. He fights tiger people and like weird monster society people. Like, like man. Son of a bitch. <laughs> and I think that he's, yeah, kind of, maybe, maybe, like, somehow 60 years earlier, he's, well, because definitely Dr. Wiley, so he had the, his his big enemy was Dr. Savine, who was just this, um, like, he was the original man scientist in comic books. Like, Lex Luthor is a ripoff of him. And so, you know, in a way, maybe, maybe he is connected to Dr. Wiley, who knows. But, um... But yeah, so Captain Marvel, he was uh, he was not cool, and also DC sued uh, his publisher mm-hmm. because they're like, oh, he's a Superman ripoff. When really, people say that Captain Marvel was outselling Superman, and that's right. really why DC did it. And then through some weird shenanigans, DC ends up owning Captain Marvel in 1970. Except they let the Captain Marvel hadn't been published for some time, and Marvel, being smart swooped in and was like no we're publishing a comic called Captain Marvel we have the copyright now we own Captain Marvel and so they've had this problem for 40 years now I almost that in the comics he is called Captain Marvel because that is his name but on the cover they cannot print Captain Marvel huh which that's is why it says Shazam it always says Shazam power of Shazam he Shazam. was on a TV show called Shazam like mm-hmm. that when you know Wonder Woman got popular the next TV show DC did was Shazam about mm-hmm. Billy Batson driving around in a cab or in a like a van or something. Okay, do you have the names open? I do. Okay, so definitely the strength of Hercules. That's right there. Let me see. Yes, that's that. Let me corroborate that. You got the speed of Mercury. And not as the first S. I'm I'm not going in order. There's no, speed wait, of Mercury. It's only one S. No. The M at the end is the speed of Mercury. Wait. Yes. The M, M is for the speed of Mercury. Mercury. Speed of Mercury. The Z it. is the power of Zeus. 
You are working all... Yes. Uh, Could you one, spell it in order? One of the A's is Achilles. I'm having trouble coming up with um, Yes. The, Which the, the would heroism include? of Achilles or the... And then... I had to close oh, the, oh the Wisdom of Solomon. That's S. That First is S. S. Wisdom of Solomon. I'm going to give it to you. I just need one more A. I'm going to give it to you. What's the other A? Um, the charm. Atlas, Atlas, Antonio the stamina Banderas. of Atlas. You got it. Now Woo! put it all together or don't. Okay, so <laughs> the wisdom of Solomon, the strength of Hercules, the the uh, the stamina of Atlas, the power of Zeus, the heroism of Achilles, and the speed of Mercury. Spell Shazam. Woo! Another unbeatable, unstoppable hero. <laughs> yes, the guy with every power. What's and his power? Everything. Everything. His power is multiple gods. And so he's a magic power dude who, when he fights Superman, that's why it's implied he right. can beat Superman because Superman's weak to magic. Right. Uh, then, so just uh, to wrap that up, so about five years ago, they just said, look, his name's Shazam. He's just, right. he's not Captain Marvel even in the comics anymore. His name is just Shazam. And like MKDC, he was Shazam. Yep, right? yeah. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much when they gave up on it. Like, so... Yeah, it was a smart move to make. Uh, they just need to bite the bullet. That's what everybody calls him anyway. Yeah. So, and now they're going to make a movie about Shazam. Uh, and really, though, I do think The Rock would fit for his arch nemesis, Black Adam, who just really mm-hmm. is like, what if Shazam's co- what if Captain Marvel's red costume was not black? Maybe he's going to do a Venom black costume thing. Maybe, <laughs> but. Uh, but yeah, so that's. Good... I was really confused. Someone trying to pick up DC books. Why do these two characters look exactly like? Well, one's his enemy. Not, not, not in this book. They just both look the same with well, the same then, outfit. Well, then, then Black Adam became like an antihero for about yeah. a decade. And he was he's surly. He's surly. I forget what I was reading, but yeah. All right, so that's the superhero spotlight. Well, yes. Do you have any like recommended Shazam reading on oh, the yeah, top sure. of your head? Um, the so you know the book Bone guys. It's. Number one, you should read Bone. It is a great... Like out of Boneville? Yeah. Yeah, of course. The, by Jeff, Jeff Smith. Yeah. It's, it's really great. The whole book is, is... The whole collection is awesome. Like It is a great like fantasy... Ca- cartoon fantasy epic. Mm. Uh, but then Jeff Smith's next thing, after finishing Bone, he always wanted to do a Shazam story. So he did one called, like, uh, I think it was Shazam, really? the Monster Society of Evil. Wow. And it was just, it totally embraced Shazam's cartoony silliness. And the guy from Bone did a Shazam run. Like I didn't it know was that. Him do, it was a four-issue miniseries <gasps> that was just really good. It was a prestige miniseries that totally, like, it ignored the grim and grittiness that was going on. Like, that's really good. And I, and Grant Morrison is really talking up his Shazam collection that he's going to do uh, in Multiversity. Nice. Like his Shazam storyline. I only know him from Kingdom Come. That's also great. You should read Kingdom Come. Yeah, it's like, really good. I mean, if you he's haven't read it yet. He's got a big part in there, right? Yeah. Yeah, he's... Spoiler. But yes, he does. And uh, as well, does... not a spoiler until you say it. He has a big... As does... Uh, oh, you know, another... And also Black Adam. Read the, the JSA books. Mm-hmm. Black Adam... When Black Adam and Captain Marvel were members, it was really good. Uh, also, you know, this week, I forgot to mention it. I bought... Well, maybe my most foolish purchase, purchase ever. The Platinum Edition of Marvel's. I don't own Marvels and uh, a copy anymore. So I was like, okay, Platinum Edition with, for $140. That's the, that is the Amazon price. It is $200. What? Why? Because it is the most epic special edition book I have ever seen. Really? It is. You've seen how the omnibuses are like yeah. extra size? Like, 
Like it is like another third. It's bigger. unholdable. It's a no- it is it is unholdable. You need a podium. It is gigantic. Like when the box came in, I was like, I, I never finished ecstatics ecstatics because it was too hard to hold. So, but it is meant to showcase Alex Ross's art. Like mm. it is meant to be like these are poster size. Like mm. the pages are like small wow. poster size. So yeah, it's just a cool. I don't know how I will keep it on shelf <laughs> or how I'll even bring it home because it's still at the office because it's too big. But I, at some point, I will. I will really enjoy that collection <laughs> when I'm eating off of it on the on the toilet in yes. your office. It'll ma- it will make a great like TV uh, tray. I think. <laughs> All right, but yeah. So let's move on then to your answer. So last week's question of the week, which uh, what's your strategy for introducing new readers to comics? And Brett, uh, do you have any tips on that, real quick? Aren't there some qualifiers there? Talk about them on a podcast. There you go. That'll count. But yeah, it's just introducing new readers. Like, uh, you know, well, we talked about how... Oh, I guess I can say actually like uh, gave Carolyn's mom stuff. No. Because she's like saw Iron Man and was like, oh, I like Iron Man. So like like series that I've seen like work with people who don't read comics up until a point Mm. was like giving her volume one of Extremists. That's a perfect uh, one. And then Hawkeye, the more, the more modern collections of Hawkeye. These are comic books that don't really require a lot of prior knowledge and are visually interesting and and written in a way that grown-ups can enjoy. Yeah, a little. Yeah, I mean, yeah. But does that? Do you tailor it to the person? Your recommendations? Do you have that kind of knowledge? I don't have that kind of knowledge. I mean, it depends on the person, but yeah, I mean, I can almost always suggest something within the Marvel realm. You say, like, oh, what what character is your favorite superhero so far? Yeah. Who do you think looks cool? Yeah, which is think? why it's hard because a lot of people have been asking, like, oh, what's a great Ultron story? And I'm like, I don't. He's my favorite villain, and I couldn't even tell you. Like, maybe the, Ultron Unlimited. Yeah, the one is Ultron Unlimited, though. That's not the name of the collection anymore. Yeah. Look for Avengers Assembled Volume Three by Kurt Busiek and George oh, Perez, yeah. and it's like even that's like. Don't go in expecting. Look, it's not. Like, it is written. It is written well for 1996. Yeah. By night or seven. By 1997 standards, it is a well. Yeah. Story. For me, it's just the it's the cumulative effect of this character in the Marvel universe. This unrepenting robot that hates everything, and I think that's really cool. So Aimbot Master was the first mm. to reply, and he said, like with non superhero stuff, he usually brings up Craig Thomas's. Uh, sorry, Craig Thompson's Blankets or Alan Moore's V for Vendetta. Uh, well, meanwhile, the superheroes, he usually goes with standalone stories like Batman Long Halloween, Hush, and then the new 52. Also, Why the Last Man Creature Saga Fables. Like, all good standalone grown-up things. I like what J.J.B. Sterling said. I never thought about it. I'm not even sure if he was implying all this. I've never been asked, but when I started reading comics only a few years ago, I wanted to read Marvel, so I went back and read the events in order of House of M, Civil War, World War Hulk, Secret Invasion, Siege, and by the time I got to Fear Itself, I was caught up with the big crossovers. Then whatever interested me from there, I started to spread out and fill in the gaps. I didn't. I never thought of like one of those giant Marvel crossovers yeah. is a really good way to get you in tune with a shitload of characters at the same time. I mean, I don't know if that would... I mean, it must have worked, but, like, the status quo in each book is different. It resets each time, but, yeah, that's interesting. uh, I've I've read all those, like, out of order, and they they do kind of back-reference one another. This is different. How do I know you're not a scroll? This isn't like the the House of M. And they do usually have, like, a lengthy intro in it. But you'll also be introduced to characters you probably would never discover uh, discover otherwise. Uh, To the Matt Cave... Uh, I like that name, Mm -hmm. Matt Cave. And he's new. He's only posted five times. 
He says, I tell them to read Crisis on Infinite Earths and Secret Wars, which I have to say, like, those are, like, Crisis on Infinite Earths yeah, is, a, a is a dense, dense, dense book. That like, is a lot of panels and a lot of words. I have trouble with that one, like, honestly. Like, I mean, even Secret Wars is like... Secret, Secret Wars actually... It's good. I think it is a good. Well, oh, it is dated because because it it's good. dated, but it is it is a commer- it is a toy commercial. Yeah. So and like every issue is like, so let me tell you about Spider Man. Let yeah, me tell you about the X Men. Let me tell you about Doctor Doom. Here's a cool so, scene of all these. Yeah, I, I can was, actually see that to a degree. I was just reading it again, and it is really great. Like the first issue does start off with just like, hey, here's all the important heroes, and they're all going to explain who they are, yeah. and everybody gets a cool scene. The one thing that bugged me was that. Uh, Wasp is written so poorly. Oh, yeah. She like she just is hitting on every dude, and then she dies, and then when she comes back, she goes like, "Oh, my makeup must look terrible." I'm like, "Oh, Jesus Christ!" Like, yeah. I liked uh, John. John with his little plug is I went. I wanted to mention him. He well, not only does he write our comic reviews. I think his place, uh, his place he works at, Jetpack Comics, was the first place recently to have an Eastman and Laird reunion. Oh, wow. The first time they've appeared together in public in like a decade. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's at the comics where I work at, Jetpack Comics, shameless plugs. Uh, we typically ask people what kind of TV shows and movies they like, and then go from there. The what comic book movie do you like works most of the time, except for instances where the book is completely different from the movie it's based on. It, does, uh, it doesn't always work, but when it does, people are hooked and start getting more and more into comic books. That's interesting. Kind of neat. Yeah, uh, She-Hulk, Dan Slash She-Hulk also has worked for me in the past. That ha- yeah, you people know, like like oh. just out of the blue. Yeah, like an introduction. Just, what's a good comic book? Huh. And like, and they're like, I don't want to read things with people getting beat up and killed. I just want to read a comic <laughs> this one book. Mostly takes place in court. You'll love it. Yeah, it's like here's a <laughs> thing that's funny. kind of making fun of comic books. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, one Ton Turtle says uh, if there's hmm. if they uh, find out I'm a big Spider-Man fan, I say start with Ultimate Spider-Man. Ba- Bagley's art is very crisp and accessible, and Bendis's writing is sharp and witty and right up the alley of any Whedon fan. I feel like the word took us. <laughs> yeah, he writes everybody uh. is like Jewish or well, not Jewish, but is like throwing around like Yiddish for some reason. This is uh, wow. This might have gotten me back into comic books. Tiger Woods, Crazy Eye says uh, I've had great success with Joss Whedon's run on Astonishing X Men. No, that's yep. really good. Funny, beautiful to look at, easy to get into, and uh, relatively self-contained. Yeah. It, it, I instantly picked it up and like all the things I was worried about not understanding. That book kind of like washed away. Oh, Triscuitable brings up a good one. I thought of like it's trickier to get them into manga. Mm. I find it's easy to introduce them to JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, a series that's epic in length and full of extreme violence, vampire, magic, martial arts, and classic rock references. It is very silly, and that and British gentlemen who kick vampire ass. Like, <laughs> yeah, uh, JoJo for, is a weird. I, I've always wanted to get into JoJo because I, I, I would love explain how the weird gifts I keep seeing on the internet. I, no yeah. idea what's happening. JoJo's a weirdo. Uh, Cobbled Scald First Time Poster says as someone who just completed his first comic book. Co- Cobbled Scald, everybody. Ooh. Finished his first comic. Uh, Kingdom Come. I would ask the person what kind of stories they've gotten into from there. Obviously, I am a scholar on this now, <laughs> seeing yeah. as I've read one four-issue series from back in 1996. Welcome, ah. Cobbled Scald. Kingdom Come is good. I was trying to think if that's a good I've... DC recommendation because it is like... It does, the, so. se- it does the Secret a- Wars thing where like it explains them, but it is also like it's the end of a story, sort of. Kind of, but it's it, like it, in it's order to introduce their endings, yeah, yeah, they have to they have to brush up briefly on who they are and where they come and from. And Emily Spider uh, Spider Man, boy, I can't stop talking about him. But uh, no, Superman and Batman are central to it, and everybody knows them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, so those are the tips for this week. 
Uh, no, Superman for All Seasons was good. That, that is a really good one. Uh, that was another I collection that. I got this week that Loeb and Tim Sale, they then did they did three miniseries in, for Marvel, and I only read one of them, Daredevil Yellow. Yeah. But I never read Spider-Man uh, Blue, Spider-Man Blue or like Hulk Gray. Gray. Did not like it. Yeah, see, Spider-Man Blue, it definitely sounds like the kind of schmaltzy bullshit I hate that Jeff Love writes, but we shall see. But, uh, okay, so I mentioned earlier on this podcast that I felt like a kid again at a, at a uh, cliffhanger at, uh, at the end of uh, Amazing Spider-Man 5. And it wasn't one of those bullshit cliffhangers that, like, uh, uh, Kate uh, whatever talks about in, uh, in Misery, where she's just like, that guy that guy was in his car, and that, w- that wasn't there in a car before. Bang. That's such a funny... I love that scene. So, but when I, my question is, what is a cliffhanger from a comic you remember really getting you, like really making you excited to read the next issue? <laughs> I've said, I've said this before. I, I, big Fantastic Four fan went to a gas station, uh, and then saw a Fantastic Four issue on the stand. I'm like, Dad, can I grab this? And he's like, How much are comics now? I'm like, I think somewhere between ten cents and a dollar. Two ninety-five, <laughs> uh, and I hand it to him, and he's like, "All right." And I read it, and it's um, the last page is Doom reaching his hands out to shake hands with Mister Fantastic, and then oh, kills Zap. It kills him, and then I went back to that stupid store every week and never <laughs> ever saw a follow-up. I have no idea what happens, but like I, eh. literally nothing happens for like thirty issues, and then they bring him back. Mm. Like, I'm Saul. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm going to go with one. Uh, this might not be the number one one that I can't. I, oh, no. Here it is. Uh, so I was so, so very hyped for Maximum Carnage. Like, mm. Carnage was the, the Carnage original three-issue yeah, arc. Yeah, was the one that really pulled me in. Yeah. And uh, so Maximum Carnage sounded like, it's more, so it's better. yeah. yeah. It's four times as much. And then it got way dumb. So I read Unlimited Spider-Man number one, yeah. and it ends with Carnage like uh, in the same room with J. Jonah Jameson. I'm like, well, he's going to murder J. Jonah Jameson. Oh, my God. J. Jonah Jameson's dead. Yeah. And, and then even the cover for the next issue is like Jameson being like, like totally covered mm-hmm. in Carnage's goop. Yeah. Like he's just like hunching over him, and it's a really cool cover. Mm-hmm. And uh, Jameson was fine. He's mad, but uh, but yeah, that was a that was a great cliffhanger. And then, of course, too, like the again another Spider-Man one. Just recently, the when it's revealed that Doc Ock is taking over his brain, like that is another one of like, oh wow, this is what's happening next. Like, but yeah, uh, I mean, it's gonna be lame because I'm gonna go back to Infinity Gauntlet, Woo! but it's, yeah. it's because it was a it was a it was the first comic book cliffhanger I ever had to endure. Probably one of the first cliffhangers of my entire life that I actually had to be like, wait, the next one's just not there. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I have so it's an odd feeling, especially now. Well, yeah. these days it just it, yeah, you just wait till the next. Yeah. You just wait in between collections if you're reading a currently kind published of. thing. Yeah. But this was like it was Infinity Gauntlet three to four. So like four is the one where Thanos, all the heroes act. Three ends with the teams are assembled. They all know they're going to go die. They all have to go try, and it ends with like Thanos just saying like. You can try. You'll fail. Mm-hmm. And then they go. And then the issue ends with a huge spread of all these heroes dumping yeah. Yeah. dumping onto this battleground. Ow. And Thanos just, like, standing there like, I'm here I am. Like, he's not even trying to defend himself. And then it's, like, that's the end of the issue. And for, like, a month, it was me and my friend Josh just going, mm-hmm. like, 
<laughs> and then we go to the comic store and see the cover, and it's just a plain cover of just Anna saying, come and get me. I'm like, fuck. I can't, I can't like, imagine having to wait for that Like flipping conclusion. through it like feverishly in, in, the van, in the van on the way home, just like, I'm oh my not, god, Wolverine's dead. Oh my god, Thor's dead. Yeah, oh my god, everybody's dead. I've and never then, read it uncollected. I can't imagine yeah. it being a kid and it like, is this... What's so, happening? Like one through three, I read like ba- like through uh, you know, I, I think I read number three first, and then <laughs> found two and one li- in a gas station and a bookstore later. But then four wasn't out yet, so it was just like rereading the one, two, and three like every day for almost a month, and then finally <laughs> getting number four, and then like and then reading five and six as well. It, so, it, like, it does make me realize that we're at some point we're going to have to if we're doing this in ten years we'll have to define the word back issue. Yeah. Was hey, pretty thing. I, I did read uh, I read an interview with Brubaker. Ed Brubaker did a lot of interviews this week because his newest book just number one came out called The Fade Out, which I will one hundred percent read in collected form. But that was his problem that he said like I do appreciate you guys buying the collections, like of course, like those are long term the moneymakers for him, but he's like to make this work for me financially before for the months in between those collections coming out, <laughs> like I need you guys to kind of buy this, like uh, buy the single issues. And he talks about like Charge trying less. to Well well he talks about trying to make them more worth worth mm. it because he's like he you know the back pages that used to be like yeah. a one page mm-hmm. letter, like he makes them like four or five things and they're like actual lengthy essays or like treating yeah. it like it's a magazine almost like it, yeah it, i mean that's a good like you've got to have sketches and shit you're not using just like mm-hmm. use that to be like so if you're reading this you, yeah you're saving that for the collection when you realize the people who they the people buying your collections are not the people who care the most because those people already bought mm-hmm. the issues as they came out maybe they'd be most rewarded with the concept art you throw at the end of collections that i don't pay attention to yeah and you just go like, eh, I just read 200 pages of this thing. I don't need to see a sketch of this guy. So is is Brubaker's detective new? Is that happening now, or is that no, no, no? So no, no. This was this is him pre Captain America. Before oh, Captain okay. America, he was writing on Detective Comics. Nice. He did it for about a year. Okay. His newest book is called The Fade Out. Right. Written by so Fatal's over. Like he right. finished Fatal I just need recently. To read the second one. And now him and Sean Phillips, uh, their new book is called The Fade Out, which is like. Still noir, but this one's set right. in the nineteen forties. And anyway, uh, so yeah, that, that's this week's question of the week. Answer it in the forums. What uh, cliffhanger do you remember really getting you all hot and bothered? <laughs> Sylvester Stallone, John Lithgow, nineteen ninety three. I'm surprised you you resisted Four. this long. Yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, but yeah, the uh, let's see, plug time. Don't plug skip time. it, guys. Don't skip the plugs, please. Lasertimepodcast.com. It's the place to be normally, but this week we're doing in a week of Salone streams to try and help poor, poor Sylvester Salone make up uh, some of the box office dough that he lost by having his movie leak out on the internet a month in advance. The Expendables uh, is over. I'd the say. Expendables tanked like a motherfucker. Mm-hmm. Uh, and maybe a third one of those is too many. Like, maybe it's still. And it's, also, like they. Spoilers that nobody dies in them. Like none yeah. of them die. They just keep getting it's not bigger. True. Uh, one of the it's Thor's brother did in the second one. Okay, so the young guys die. <laughs> yes, yeah, like he's introduced immediately. Like he's so dead. This should have been the. It should have been the wild bunch. Like it should kind of yeah. The, they yeah, don't. They should. Yes. 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 Absolutely. But uh, it was somebody had suggested it, and we've been streaming awful games like Cliffhanger. Um, had a great time today with 
Four Rambo games. NES, Rambo 1, First Blood Part 2 for the Master System, Rambo 3 for the Genesis, and then Rambo the Video Game, which was released this year for whatever reason, and it's it's hysterical. Nowhere near as hysterical as the 3DO Demolition Man, which I just got working oh, and wow. should be doing it today. Uh, it looks disgusting. I did think it's the only video game Sylvester Stallone has ever starred in. He is He is physically in the video game. That's crazy. In his outfit. It's craziness. Uh, then there's Cheap Popcast. We just recorded a new one with special guest Dan Reichert from Giant Bob. True. And our Robin Williams special this week, people. And I feel a hundred. Well, feel like 80% better about the whole affair, having talked about... You talked about your feelings. Well, it was sort of like... The, the, the issue was how he went... That he died, his legacy, blah, wah, wah, hadn't paid attention to him in a while. And then, like, to bring in three people who bring in their favorite Robin Williams projects, there's stuff I haven't seen, there's stuff I'm dying to see again, and there's stuff I love and everybody else loves. He left a great fucking body of work, and it it's well worth celebrating. And then, uh... uh VG Empire, video game music podcast. Uh, we did Breath Fire recently. We did an indie game music showcase. Uh, but then also, a few months ago, we did a... Grand Theft Auto 1, 2, and 3 episode that to date is the lowest commented episode, <laughs> I think, period, with six comments. That's, six. Yeah, that's pretty that's bad. That's so weird. I need to get on that. GTA 1, 2, and 3, man. Uh, that was a fun one. It was, was Greg Moore. It was Greg Moore, a mm-hmm. co-worker. But he also did a Shinobi episode for us last year. Um, yeah, VGEmpire.com, game music podcast. A great backlog of stuff on there. And also mm-hmm. Video Game Apocalypse, the video game podcast Indeed. of the Laser Time Network. We are this week discussing the, um, the Genesis turned a certain age. 25. 25. Uh, the the games, it has to do with the Genesis. I was surprised that? to find out the Mega Drive came out a year later in Europe. Because like, mm-hmm. I, I always think of the Mega Drive being a bigger deal. Like, it was, the Genesis was huge here, no mm-hmm. doubt. But, like... The Mega Drive dominated yeah. Europe, so I just figured it would have been within the same year. Yeah. But uh, I mean, it didn't catch here on catch on here until '91, anyway. So. It needed Sonic, yes. Yeah. yeah. All right. So until next time, Excelsior. Excelsior.